1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
2: When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. This is the first time the rider is named. And what does it say? They were given authority over a fourth of the earth, a quarter of the earth to kill with the sword. I can see the promised land Though there's pain
0: within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall the mountains will move. every chain of the past. You've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Oh, nothing is impossible.
1: Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today in the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along in your Bibles if you can. On today's program, Pastor Keith continues with the Future Grace series, an in-depth study of the book of Revelation. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to Revelation chapter 6. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word that reveals not a truth to us, but the truth, Lord. And so as we look today into the book of Revelation, and we do a flyover of the tribulation period, Lord, help us to take away the truth that is here And let it transform our thinking and our living and our evangelizing and our discipling and our parenting and our spousing, Lord, in everything that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We're continuing, if you're joining us for the first time, a study of revelation that we've been doing for a while called Future Grace. And we're picking up where we left off last week. Last week, we left off in the throne room of God with this overwhelming worship that should overwhelm us when you think of all who and how God is. And what we're going to do now is enter into a new phase of the study where we're going to look at the seven year tribulation period today uh, in a flyover, kind of a satellite flyover at 30,000 feet or 30 miles up or whatever. And periodically, uh, as we move through this study, we'll swoop down in low and take a good look at the details also. Uh, I've left a hard passage for Pastor Jesse next week, chapter nine, with the locust and everything else. But um, this is where we'll start getting into the so-called bright, shiny objects that distract so many people. But today, what we're gonna do is take a look at the amazing, amazing grace, Patience and love of God, and that's why we entitle this message, Tough Love in Action. We're going to see God's love as we've never seen it before, and I recognize that some of this may seem counterintuitive to you because we're looking at the tribulation period, but I want you to understand the tribulation period, maybe as you've never understood it before. And what we see in the tribulation period in Revelation, and we're going to do Revelation chapters 6, 7, and 8 today is a picture of the love of God. And I don't want you to miss that. Now when you look into Revelation, particularly 6, 7, and 8, but also as we get deeper into the text, it's kind of jolting at times because you go from one venue to another. You're in heaven in one moment and you're on earth in another moment and you're 30 miles up at one moment and you're 30 feet in. And so you have to really hang on and you have to pay attention and you have to pick up and read the book for yourself so that you can understand what it's saying what does the text say what do the words mean what then shall we do how then shall we live how then shall we think and that's what's going to go on here because we're going to look at the seven seals we're going to look at uh, four of the seven trumpets and I want you to understand how this kind of lays out because those seals and trumpets and bowls are all interconnected we have a little slide here that I think you'll find helpful it's a series of sevens you have the The seven seals and the seventh seal takes you into the seven trumpets and the seventh seventh trumpet takes you into the seven bowls. It's like a telescope in the old days that extends out like that. It telescopes, it dovetails. And what you're going to see here as we read and think and look at this passage is a reenactment in some way, to some degree of the story of the rich man and Lazarus you just read that right Pastor, Pastor Mark just read that and how does it end they have the word of God they have Moses and the prophets and if that's not good enough for them all the miracles in the world won't change anything because that's how people are and so what we're going to see is God reveal himself time and time again and the people just don't want him they don't want his son they don't want to repent to turn And receive the gift of grace that is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Forgiveness. So let's get into the text. Revelation chapter 6 verse 1 is where we're going to start. And we'll go all the way through chapter 8 verse 13. And you'll watch all this play out. Verse 1 chapter 6. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seventh seals... And I heard the voice of one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer what's going on there. It's the first of the seals, whoever this is, whatever this is has been given authority, the crown, and it's not Jesus Christ. This is the world government that will consolidate power worldwide. It's given a crown. The bow, without an arrow, symbolizes a a peaceful consolidation of power. And this has been given to him, a crown, and he came out conquering and to conquer. So something, someone is going to consolidate power and dominion over the whole earth. And I want you to notice this too. Some people try to make a big deal out of this and confuse the issues. This is narrative. It is sequential. You're gonna see the ands and the whens and the thens. This is future. We'll see this in a little moment. We'll confirm that this, all this didn't take place in 70 AD as many of our amillennial friends believe. But this is Future. Verse 2 And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. Verse 3 And he opened the second seal, and I heard the second living creature say, Come. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. Now, some people like to refer to this writer as war. I refer to him as violence. Uh, And you'll see why in the wider context of our narrative as we get deeper in, war will come. What this is is a culture of violence. And what we're seeing here is the world is going to become violent. It's part of God's judgment when He takes his hands off and lets the people do what they want to do the way that they want to do it, all the while staying involved, all the while confronting them with their need for the Savior. But this rider takes peace from the earth and people slay one another. He's given a great sword. Verse 5, And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come, and behold, a black horse And its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, a denarius is a day's pay, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. So wheat is the good stuff, barley is the cheap stuff. So it's basically saying that most people will not be able to afford food. Food will be at a premium. In this era, there will not be enough food. The reference to not harming the wine or the oil speaks to the fact that there will be some who have the means and the ability to continue on as they had before, at least for a little while. That would speak to the wealthy, perhaps, to the elites, to the ruling elites who always, always abuse their power and authority. And so he's not going to harm the oil or the wine yet. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And its rider's name was Death. And Hades followed him. This is the first time the rider is named And what does it say? They were given authority over a fourth of the earth, a quarter of the earth, to kill with the sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts on the earth. That does not sound like a happy thing. What you're seeing here is every bit of stability, everything that people hold dear, everything that people take confidence in is going to be damaged, destroyed, or eradicated. And death follows. There's going to be war. People killed with the sword. There's going to be famine. War always upsets the supply chains and things like that. And where there's famine and starvation, there is pestilence or disease. (laughs) This little thing we're going through right now is really trivial compared to what's about to come. And then people will also be consumed by the wild beasts of the earth. Now, as you know, if you've been in any parts of the third world, the developing world, A lot of times packs of dogs run around around loose and if you've watched war in Africa or war in other places, a lot of times when the bodies lay out and rot and stink, the animals eat them and when they get their fill and they get used to eating dead people, they usually turn on live people. That's what you're going to see here. This world will not be a place that you and I, mercifully we won't be here because we'll be raptured but some will be left behind. Verse 9, here again, notice the narrative sequence. This is future. When, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long? How long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were given a white robe, that's their purity, and I like this, and told to rest a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. Now, I don't want you to miss this. This is not the martyrs who've been slain throughout the ages because of the the grammar here. They say, how long until those people who just killed us, how long until you avenge our death? These people were freshly killed for the witness they bore to Christ. And they were told to rest a little while longer. There are more yet to be killed for the name of Christ. And so you just rest. Here's your robe. Your time is coming. Your vengeance. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Verse 12. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake. Watch this play out. There was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth and the full moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to earth as a fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale and the sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place you know people talk about man-made global warming and they worry about the environment when this stuff happens here (laughs) don't even worry okay I mean, there's not going to be anything like this. And what you're seeing here too, I want you to, how many of you remember the blood moon stuff and everybody's looking up for, oh, the moon, it's a harvest moon or it's this. And people, were all, and people wrote books about it and some rabbi wrote this and he decoded that. You know, let me tell you something. When the end is near, you won't be wondering, now, is that the blood moon? Because when that thing comes, when the sky is rolled back, when when the sky as you know it when the blue sky is gone and you just look into space when every mountain and island has been shaken from its place when the sun is darkened you won't be rushing out to the Christian bookstore or Amazon or Barnes and Nobles to figure out what's going on okay it'll be clear and how can we be sure how can we be sure that people will get this verse 15 verse 15 and I want you to watch this. You know, we live in an era, you know, with this whole critical theory nonsense and this whole wokeness stuff, where you know people talk about the oppressor and the oppressed, and the oppressed are more righteous than the oppressor, and the piety of the poor, and all this stuff. See how this lines up with the Word of God. Verse fifteen. Then the kings of the earth, and the great ones, and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone. And everyone, slave and free, basically everybody rich or poor, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of their wrath has come. Who can stand? Hide us from the Lamb from the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, rich and poor. Hide us from the one who went to the cross from our sin. Rocks fall on us. Takes you back to Romans 1, 18 through 20, doesn't it? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God has been made evident to them for God has put it in their hearts. What about the little boy who lives in Tibet who's never heard the gospel? What about him? People find all kinds of excuses to try to throw us off track. Understand, there are no innocents here. There are only perpetrators. Verse seven, verses one through 17. After this, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, the four points, the compass, north, south, east, and west holding back the four winds from the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. So there's no breeze. Everything has stopped. Everything is still. Every mountain has been removed from its place. Something is seriously, inescapably, undeniably, supernaturally wrong. Then I saw another angel arising from the sun Ascending from the rising sun, this is the east, with the seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the earth and sea, saying, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees yet until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads, and I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. So much for replacement theology. God is not done with Israel. Israel has a place in the kingdom. The church has been raptured up. And what you have here is the calling and the, and the marking out of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. We won't get into that today much. But those who had once denied Christ as the Messiah will be proclaiming him. How do we know that it's really not the church that we're talking about here? What does the text say? What do the words mean? And what should we learn? Because after this, in verses 5 through 8, it goes through each of the 12 tribes, doesn't it? So it's not symbolic. It's literal. It lists 12,000 from this tribe, 12,000 from that tribe. One of the things that's unusual about that is the tribe of Dan is not listed and the two half tribes of Joseph are referred to as the tribe of Joseph and the Levites are now in amongst the 12 tribes in a way they had not been before that speaks probably to the blessings and cursings in Deuteronomy 25 to 32 Dan has been excluded because of its idolatry verse 9 after this I looked and behold a great number of those that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, hearkens back to Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King. Crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Back to the deity of Christ again. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders, and the four living creatures, and they, in the sense of the text here, is they all fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, amen, we believe, blessing and honor and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever, amen. And now watch this. This kind of gets back to the Jewish evangelists. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these who are these clothed in white robes, and where are they from? And John says, I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are now before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither shall anyone thirst. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You know, this kind of gives us insight as blessed is the one who perseveres to the end. These people come out of the tribulation period They hear the gospel and they respond and they die. They are slaughtered like cattle. It'll talk about that in depth later on in Revelation. The ones who go to prison, go to prison. The ones who die by the sword, die by the sword. The Jewish evangelists will proclaim the gospel. People will believe. That is the grace of God, the love of God manifested. Chapter 8, when the lamb opened the seventh seal, There was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Now, what does that mean? What does half an hour mean? It means half an hour. If you learned anything in reading through thus far, when it says a thousand years, it means a thousand years. If it's an uncountable number, it'll say myriads and myriads. This is where we don't want to spiritualize these numbers. When it says three days in the tomb, it means three days in the tomb what it means 6 days it, it means 6 days and when it means half an hour it means half an hour there's no there's no mystery here then narrative sequential narrative time future then i saw seven angels who stand before god and seven trumpets were given to them and another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel.
1: Pastor Keith Crosby.